Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Glory to God. Good to see everybody this morning. Um, the Lord has pressed us on my heart in, in a fashion, in a way that is interesting to me. So, um, as he's been doing this, and, and so this is Matthew. I'm going to read out of Matthew first. Matthew 13, and this is what he has for us, a verse to pray about, to, to bring in as far as how we open this up today. And so if anybody has something in their life, this is where we're going. I'm just going to declare it now. If there is something in your life that is missing or broken, the Lord will be here to heal you today. Okay? Um, if there's anything that, 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 is, that is needing of a healing... The healer is in the house. And so I'm going to read Matthew 13. Now, this does not sound like it in the beginning. But bear with Jesus because these words are all in red. And so, I mean, if you got that Bible, the special red Bible. Anyway, if you got that Bible, these words are in red. And so stick with the master. But <clears throat> Matthew 13, I'm going to start in verse 14. And in them the prophecy Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing, you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest, that means unless, you know, lest, this, here's a change. They should see with their eyes and hear with their hearts, lest they should understand, or Sorry, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. Verse 16, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. You've heard it prayed many times from the pulpit in the opening time, that we pray for eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand. Why do we pray this for healing? Okay, so we're going to pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is with us. That you have come to us individually and corporately today. Father, we thank you that you are seeking out the wounded, the broken, the things in our life that are misplaced or distressed. And Father, that you are seeking to be a balm, a salve, and you are putting those things back together and mending us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that it's not just a physical healing that we can experience, but mental healing and, 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 and uh, the, the rash of the world that is around us, Father, that we can continue to be a light and a witness. And Lord, we know that a bruised reed you will not break. And we thank you today for your healing power as your word is proclaimed in our lives. And we do have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to understand. Thank you for your healing today. And so that's how the Lord told me to open us up today. Um, glory to God. So the review, I'm going to, I'll read my review that I wrote real fast. We discovered a progression of spiritual maturity last week uh, found in 2 Peter 1, 1 through 11. This began at faith and reached its pinnacle at love. That, 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 and isn't it, is that not what we are, our entire 
Christian life, our endeavor, once you've accepted Jesus Christ and brought him into the door of your heart, is to not manifest the love of Christ. That is all we are here for. At this point is now to bear witness that we said we took on a new master. We took on a new Lord and we're going to represent him. And so we find that the agape God kind of love. These traits though now form our identity. The very inward source of our outward expression. That's what we're doing. Because are we, are we, uh, we're, I love, I I think it was Tanya Stewart all those years ago, if Susan was here, she'd tell us, that you are a human being, not a human doing, you know? And so you need to be, as, as does this one that reminded, that was 15 years ago, but whatever, um, they, they remind that that's what we are. You are who you are to be, not who you are to do. I mean, <laughs> never mind, we won't go about do, 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 do. Do. Never mind. Okay, you got it. There we go. So, so we need to reinforce our identity from the scriptures. And so I'm going to begin right where I left off on some of these new creation scriptures. That's where, that's where at the end we hit the, uh, you know, we were just running as fast as we can, punching out some scriptures to, to prove a point. And this is the thing. Here's the point that we're trying to prove. Galatians 6, well, no, let's go. Galatians 2.20. I... I, me, you, each, have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, here, right, I live by faith. Woo, good. It's good stuff. You see how simple God is? He's like, what? I mean, you don't even get, I understand that. I live by faith in the Son of God, yeah, who loved me and gave himself for me. Whew, that's good stuff. Okay, let's go Galatians 6.15. For neither is circumcision anything or uncircumcision, but a new creation, a new creature. This is who you are. So you're, it's not, see, that's circumcision, uncircumcision. It's an identity in the flesh. Are we talking about your flesh? I got some that identify as bald, some that identify as gray-haired or whatever, some that identify as what. We have identities in the flesh, but this isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about an identity that's now found in a new creation. And so 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a New creation. The old things. Glory to God. Who wants identified by what you used to be? I mean, come on. I don't care. I mean, I was saved young. Like, really young. Like, maybe with Heidi. I don't know. Came out of the womb speaking in tongues. Isn't that how you did it? I mean, that's what Sean said. Uh... I believe that that's what, it was, Susan swears it wasn't gibberish, it was actually the Holy Ghost. No, I'm just joking. But, uh, might as well. Uh, but no, I mean, five years old, you know, I mean, that's my, my testimony is raised in the church. I didn't go out and live a life that grew, but now, you know what? I've seen the life, I know the life, I've been affected by the lives, okay? 
And so there's still a testimony there of preservation and, and safety and all the things that the Lord has put into my life. But we, we look at this. The old things have passed away. I had to grow up. I wasn't, even though I got saved early, didn't mean I was mature. Even Jesus grew up in, in his nature, in his maturity. And so I had to grow too. Still following my master. Just trying to be like Jesus, you know. And so all old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Ephesians 2.10. Oh, I love this too. For we are his workmanship. Now, I want to ask you, think about it. What did he make that wasn't good? He didn't make anything that he didn't put his approval on. So we are now his workmanship. See, when Jesus sat down at the, beside his Father in heaven and he had said that it was finished upon the earth... You know, his work was finished, so the, the, the substitutionary work for us was complete. So we get to, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but that's what we get to jump into. So there is a finished work. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which I love this, which God prepared beforehand. He has works for each and every one of us that he prepared beforehand. Before you even came into Christ, he had prepared works for you, good works. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. He has blessing upon blessing upon blessing for you explicitly. And he planned them and purposed them before you were in Christ. And so, I love it. Which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Glory to God. We'll walk in the, in the plans and purposes of God because we're his workmanship. Ephesians 2.15 says, By abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. The law. Ooh. He abolished the law. So, here it is. Jesus is going to leave. He's leaving the earth, right? He's going to walk away, and he goes, okay, I'm going to boil this all down. I want you guys to know this. You've been with me for three years. It's been good. I just want you to know this one last teaching. I'm going to summarize everything. I'm going to summarize the law and the prophets. I'm going to summarize my work. This is the total summation of everything that I've done. He goes, I want you to not sin. Is that what he said? What? He didn't say that? He didn't tell you to not sin? What did he say? Love one another. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? What? But I thought it was all about sin. I mean, I got saved. I went to church, and I know what they told me. I mean, right? First thing you do, stop smoking, stop drinking, stop you know, fornicating, stop, you know, all the worldly pleasures that you thought were fun. I mean, they take away chocolate from you and banana cream pie. I mean, it's like whatever. The only thing you can do is, you know, Jesus and about 14 million chickens died for the church because fried chicken is about the only thing you can eat, I think, once you get saved. Um, but, uh, no, just, but you understand what I'm saying. There's a lot of potlucks. Uh, and so, anyway... Uh, 
we, we have this, and so where, where do we go? We ha- I love it. I just love it. He's going to establish peace in our hearts. Isn't this what we're after? Oh, man. Peace in our hearts. See, he left, and he left a law, and he said, I want you to love. But did he leave us without the capacity to do it? His love was fully shed abroad in my heart. So, and he released unto me a teacher and a comforter in the Holy Ghost. He never left me errant. I'm not an orphan. I'm never alone. Loneliness is a lie of the devil. It's a lie. And so, we find that he departs from the earth and leaves us empowered and positioned to be his hands and his feet. He abolished in his flesh the enmity, which is the law, commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man. Thus establishing peace. Whew. I am one with God. You are one with God. You're one with him. Like, I think you said it was Andrew Womack that said you're at least one-third wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. New creation, right? One-third of you, I mean, 33% is wall-to-wall God. Okay? The, the, the flesh is getting to get caught up. And then by renewing our minds, we can move these things. So, I mean, why don't you just end your life, you know, 66% God? Why not, right? Let's just keep washing, washing, washing. And then you start letting him show up because you know what happens when God gets into things. What was there gets broken. We already talked about boats and nets and cups and what? I, he starts to, he, he's, he expands. He is elastic waist pants, Okay. <laughs> That's what he's going to put. You need to have an expansion. You need some expansion uh, points in your life. You know what I mean? Because God's coming in. Okay? And so just realize that you can do things that you never could do before. You can take up more space than you ever took up before. And we're going to get into, oh man, we're, we're going to get there. Glory to God. We're here. Ephesians 4.24 says this, and put on the new self, which is which in the likeness of God has been created. The, we are created in the likeness of God. In righteousness and holiness of the truth. Ooh, that's a key. Righteousness and holiness of the truth. Because we're going to find it right here in Colossians 3.10. And, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Glory to God. That is who we are. I'd like to reiterate, this is interesting to me, Colossians, uh, well, yeah, Colossians right here says, renewed to a true knowledge. Does that sound very similar to 2 Peter 1.3, which says this? Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. He granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness 
through the true knowledge. Seems like it's pretty close when you have through the true knowledge and through the true knowledge. How do you get life and godliness? Through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory. He didn't call you by your glory. Man, Lord's been correcting little things all week on me in different little arenas and stuff. Um, uh, for instance, let's just throw out one. This is a good one. A religious thing. Here's a religious thing that I had to drop this week. I had, uh, I was in, in case in a, or in, in, included in a couple different conversations about different things, and I, and I remember, and this was within our business, and I've always wanted this. This has always been a desire, so I'm just saying this. And this is the idea, is I would love, I desire that people that are in higher levels be filled with the Spirit. Does anybody have anything that they could see wrong with that? Okay, but then this is what the Lord told me. He goes, so why do you get to use them and I don't? Oh, Jesus. He goes, why don't you care enough about them that you want it in their life instead of just in your company? Why don't I love people more than I love myself? I'm trying to use them. This is religious spirit. Do you hear that? I, I walked right into it. I, I heard it. But the Lord just hit me. That's what it did. You want them filled with the spirit so that you can use them? Why don't you want them filled with the spirit so that they can have me in their life? Well, so we find ourselves in these places. And, and uh, it's a true knowledge. How will I be set free? I'm more freer now than I was before. I have true knowledge. True knowledge. It is a true knowledge that reveals the characteristics of God. Not a knowledge that puffs up unto pride, but knowledge that releases the very behaviors of heaven upon the earth. I, I, I wrote this a, couple, a year or two back. I don't remember exactly when it was. I wrote out Colossians 3.10 as a confession for myself. I'd been doing my Bible reading and my daily devotions and everything like that. And all of a sudden in this, I read Colossians 3.10 and I went, whoa, I, I have to see a change. And so I need to say this until I can actually see and have a true knowledge. See, this is the thing. We, some people are thinking that their confession, their works they're doing is going to create an outcome lie religious thought just so you know when you when the reason that you have a confession is so that the true knowledge of the word can get on the inside of you when you have a true knowledge you can now are empowered to release that into your life because when somebody has knowledge <clears throat> The next step is wisdom, which is application for a desired outcome. So if I want the desired outcome of the word, I first have to know about it, and then I have to release it. And so now, if you do this over and over again, somebody will look at you and say, you were wise in whatever. If you've released knowledge in wisdom in finance over and over again, they would say you were wise in finance. If you did it over and over again in counseling, you'd be wise in counseling. If you did it over and over again in fathering or parenting or these type of things, they would say that you were wise in it because you had collected knowledge 
to the point that you could release it as wisdom and you attained a desired outcome. And so what happens is I wrote a confession because I needed the true knowledge of the word to be implanted in me. First comes knowledge. Then I can apply it. And so the, the confession, how I wrote it it, it, it just sits on my desk and I've had it there, <clears throat> like I said, for about a year or two. It states, I have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created me. And people wonder why youth, I remember in teaching youth for that time, why do we talk so much about identity? Because I'm being renewed in who he created me. I know that we are lost, uh, the culture is lost and has lost many of its identity. They don't know husbands and wives and fathers and mothers. They don't know um, honesty and integrity. I mean, you can cheat on your taxes, just don't cheat to God or whatever, you know, I mean, right? You, you, can, you can do and move things all around and, and where are we all sitting? We have lost our identity. And so, identity comes before behavior. So we've been behaving like the world. Because our identity is not far off of what the world had said. If you're not walking contrary, you're walking with. And it's your identity that holds these things. So this acquisition of true knowledge is for what? It's for our identity. We have only looked at new creation attributes, though, in those scriptures. We have not looked at the connection of identity to behavior. And so, <clears throat> there we go. Okay. We do because of who we are. If, you're gonna, if you want to write that down, you write that down that way. We do, I wrote capital D-O, because of who, capital, you know, World Health Organization. Um, <clears throat> we are. No, I'm <laughs> just, but uh, we do because of who we are. Okay? So, let's just put it this way. Some people, they hold themselves. You've heard this. I'm going to do this with my kids because I'm a good parent. They identified and they made the characteristic output because of their identity. Um, we put this money aside for this because we are good investors, savers. We, we give to the church because we know that we identify as a giver. We identify with the provision of the Lord. Okay? You have things that you're doing. We do because of who we are. Okay. So, this is, we received a new identity in Christ. It is imperative that we acquire the, acquire the knowledge of who we are. This is the identity issue. Our mind renewal is mandatory for the strongholds of our past to be torn down. Our mind renewal is mandatory 
for the strongholds of our past to be tore down. If you are still locked up in any fashion by your past, you have something that you have not replaced necessarily in your identity with the Word of God. Or, you don't understand your identity as what the Lord's called you to be. You may be misplaced and frustrated. Okay? Our old habits will only leave when the identity of the one who formed them is removed. New Year's was whatever, a month or so back. Everybody always writes all their New Year's resolutions and all the things, and they try to create a to-do list. But their problem is they needed a who-do list, if you really want to know. We're going to get there, but whatever. Uh, A who-do list. Because if you identify yourself as one way, you'll act that way. I am a law-abiding citizen. Okay, so do you speed? Do you you, uh, let your dog do whatever the sign says not to let your dog do? Do? (laughs) Anyway, anyway. Uh, But what... What are we doing when we find rules, laws, and regulations if we say that we're a law-abiding citizen or are we double-minded and then we find ourselves frustrated later because we've been riding a fence and everybody knows that I don't care male or female, nobody wants to sit on a fence. I'll just tell you, it's going to hurt, especially if you're going to ride it for a while. There ain't no saddles on fences. I've never seen a saddle on a fence, just so you know. So uh, that's going to hurt after a while. (laughs) You're going to get frustrated. Our new identity will yield new habits. This is why it's so important. You will become the sum total of your habits. You will become the sum total. That addition equation that is in 2 Peter, where we're adding to our faith virtue and to our virtue knowledge and to our knowledge... I forgot, and then it goes into patience. (laughs) Self-control to our knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, uh, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. See, we don't get to go down that progression until we understand that we how we came into it. And so that multiplication, though, your life, or that addition line, your life is the sum total of your habits. If I see you with a pen in your mouth, I don't got one, but whatever. Jody, throw me that real fast. Yeah, that one right there. That's it. Yep, here. Okay. What's that look like? Right? Everybody, oh, what if I grabbed it that way? Crud. People become, right? Whoa, whoa. People, people. I'll get back. Thank you. People. You guys get the, here's the thing. One time, you're not a smoker. Two times, three times, four times, your identity gets wrote. And, but I only smoke when I drink. But I only drink when I'm with friends. And I really like my friends. No, I'm just, but that's how people say, have you heard these excuses? Right? Well, I don't do it at home. Dude, you're alone in your car. Oh, yeah, I guess, I guess I did. I just, I didn't, I I needed it after work. I just needed to stop. Okay. See, your habits become your identity. 
If you always lose your temper with people, people will say that you're short-tempered, or short, you know. But if you only lost it once and like, oh, no, I watched him get mad once. I wish, oh, man, another rat-out thing. When Darren comes today, if anybody wants my story, there's a guy, he'll be here today. His name's Darren Allen. You can go get my story. I lost it once. I lost it once. I mean, he, he was with us at Havener, and so that's like, I've known him for almost 30 years. And, uh, and we were training, and he was there, and there was a good day of, you know, you know what it was. I just, I had so much stress in my life, and, and I had all these pressures and these responsibilities that were just, I mean, the Lord knows that I was under pressure. Well, this, that's all true. I was. My employer had left for vacation. I first time I was out to texture a house with a tow behind text machine. I hadn't done all these things. And I lost it because my helper, Darren, <laughs> was not around when I needed him. When I was falling apart at the bottom of a stairwell with nothing but a pile of hose and tripping all over myself, trying to spray texture. <laughs> and if anybody knows these, but anyway, it winds around your feet and it's really fast moving. And if, if anybody doesn't touch it, you're going to find out. But I'm sitting there and I lose my mind. <laughs> and I'm going to go find him because you weren't there for me when I needed you. And you're called help. <laughs> you know, Right? Anyway, you know what he was doing? He went outside to throw away trash because he was helping me. Now, I think he ended up stopping talking to somebody, so he definitely had to. No. But uh, the thing is, I lost it once at work. And he is coming today. If anybody ever wants to get that answer from him and his side of the story, I'd love to hear him. I'd like him to tell it as true as he could, too. I'll just be honest with you. But those things that all build up are lies. They were lies. I believe not one lie that I was incapable or two lies that I was overstressed or three lies that I had too much responsibility or four lies that, that I was alone or five lies that I couldn't find my help and six lies that he was doing something that he shouldn't have been doing or I was becoming the summation of my lies, and I yielded death. And so, you are defined by your habits. If you read your Bible every day and take time for devotions, I'm pretty sure that out of the input of your body... There will be an outflow in your life, and people will know that you're in the Word or not. People know, I know this, I mean, I, I went through this enough with enough people in my life. When people only tell me about books that are on audio form, they're not readers. They listen, they're hearing books, but that's where they're at. And then, or, you know, have you ever had the person... I love this. I, I ran in, I've ran into the, this type of believer once or twice. Um, they tell me about all the preachers, I can use that word, or, or uh, teachings and all these things, but they never tell you about the Word of God. 
What did they feed on? They, I've had people try to quote Hallmark to me as the Bible on how relationships should work. No, it was not you. No. You're not even feeling guilty. No, 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 no. It's no. Uh, I do not get to say who it was, actually. That's the worst part. The Lord has not allowed that. I get to bring up Darren and 20-some years ago of this. We're good. But that is, and that one was probably about seven years ago. Um, and uh, that one I do not get to bring up. But people that will, they can tell you things like uh, they listen to Christian books and watch Christian movies because that's healthy, right? But then they get their biblical doctrine out of so-and-so on the Left Behind series, you know, when I was watching that. Whatever, you know. And so your, I will know your prayer life because if it's a habit for you, it will come out. We will know your devotional life because if it's a habit for you, you will speak it. I will know your giving because if it's a habit for you, you'll be defined by it. I'll know about your compassion because if it's a habit for you, others will say it. The Word of God tells us that we are not supposed to take on nor promote our own reputation because if we're doing these things, what's going to happen? Others will be a testimony to our reputation. So you should never have to tell somebody that, oh boy, do I really go here now, Lord. I wanted this next week. Okay? Because I don't have all the scripture right now for you. I know that I got two. We can probably go there. You know that there's nowhere in the Bible that God says, I love you? He loved past tense you. So if God never says, I love you, he never says, I love you, how do you know he loves you? He's formed through his identity a habit of expression that you know that in tough times, he's there. In times of counsel, he's there. You know that when you had a record of wrongs stacked up a mile high against yourself, he was there. You know that when you needed kindness, he was there. You know that when you walk through all of Corinthians 13, that he manifested those things to you. Because it's his identity released to you. He doesn't... See, I'll be honest. We don't always have to say, I love you to our children. Do we... Okay. We're going to put on spot right now some of the ushers and such. Okay? We're going to go here. We've heard it stated many times. That when people come here, they feel loved. Okay. So... Who of you physically told every one of those people that you love them? Raise your hand. Now walk up. Now tell me that you specifically met every visitor. All the usher team has been coerced to this, right? We'll use that word. But whatever. No, that they are telling everybody they love them. 
What did they say? How did they define it? Well, let's see. The temperature was nice, so they cared that it wasn't cold outside or too hot. The chairs are nice. They cared about, you know, the duration of time that we would sit in a pew, so they cared. So we see that there's an expression. that we, They provided services. There was handshakes. There was smiles. There was compassion. There was kindness. There was, a, oh, I know that you're coming out of this in your life, but there's still more for you. There's grace imparted to you. There's a release out of heaven for you. They come in here, and they don't hear you say one time to them that you love them and they can walk out of here saying I was loved so if you're holding somebody to saying that that's petty because if you're holding it that means that you kept a record of something that you considered wrong now I'm not saying Stop saying, I love you. What I am saying is that your identity, if you're a lover, will be found in your expression. And if you're willingly laying down your life for somebody, if you're setting things aside for somebody, if you're coming up beside somebody and you know that the wounds of a friend, that word friend, actually in that verse, is the wounds of a friend are faithful, that word friend is one of only 11 times that that word is translated friend. It is translated lover. One of the other times that that word friend in that specific, it's Ahab versus Rhea, I believe, are the two words. Um, and when this translated friend another time, it was Jonathan and David. And it says that their souls were knit together and they had cut covenant with each other. And so... That friendship is a manifestation of love. And do you think that they had to, every time they left each other, Jonathan and David were like, love you, man. Thanks so much. I love you. Or did they know that they would sacrifice their blood for each other? We did not go where I was supposed to today. Okay. If you are the sum total of your habits. Some people could consider you healthy. Oh, they're a health nut. They work, they what? Work out all the time. They watch what they eat all the time. They, all the time, all the time, all the time. Okay, right? You're a health nut. You're a, you're a, uh, you're, you're religious, well, that's how some people may describe some of these things. But if you start telling them that you're in a relationship, they'll be like, what? You just talked to who, when? I didn't see him around here. Did you read your Bible? No, I just, you know, this is a relationship. We're having a conversation. Um, you could be a business person. Why? Because you're operating in business things all the time. Whatever. If whatever little habit you do over and over becomes you, this is all good and fine if the traits exhibited are the person you desire to be. Okay. But what about when they're not? And what about when you don't want to be known for the things that you are? This is why we need to know about identity before our behavior. Well, uh, so when your identity comes into questions, 
so this is the thing. So somebody's going to quit smoking. I have to close this down, and I am so far away from it. Sorry about you guys queuing up those uh, pictures for me and everything. We'll get to that some other time. It's really good, though, I'll tell you. But um, i got to close this down. So here's the thing. So let's, let's, let's go back to a smoker, okay? You walk up to a smoker, and, and you, hear him, you hear somebody else go to offer him a cigarette. And you hear these words come out of their mouth. They say, no, thank you, I'm quitting, or I quit smoking. So, and, and they say, oh, okay, and w- this is the question for you. So that's how somebody that's quitting identifies themselves. What, how does somebody identify themselves that has never smoked or does not want to smoke, and you offer them a cigarette? They say, they, they attack the identity. They say, I am not a smoker. This smoker, though, I, his response is, I'm quitting. He's still identifying with his behaviors, so he's not free. Are you identifying with your old flesh man-made behaviors because you're not free? He who the Son has set free is free indeed. And so you are free. And so realize that one's identity must comes first. So this is what I kind of wrote. This is another little punny, jokey, whatever thing. You need to find out who you are. One letter. R. Meaning. If you paint a long time, people will call you a, if you, you, right, right, you know, and and so you start to have these things, if you docked for a long time, you'd be a, no, I'm just joking, doctor, (laughs) no, but you become, you need to find out who you are. Are you a worker? Are you a, you know, uh, what are you? Your identity. So when you're trying to break habits in your life, when you're trying to change in your life, realize that your power, your source is in your identity. Quit changing the habits. They're not going to change you. You're lying to yourself, and you know it. You're frustrated. You need to establish new hoodoo goals. Who does God say that I am? Who am I in Christ Jesus? I am. A, I, I have the love of God. I am patient. I am kind. I do not envy. I do not boast. I do not keep a record of wrongs suffered. I do, right? Come on. This is who I am. So we start to create our new identity, and we live out of who we are. So if you're not having a strong relationship with the Lord, and you say, I want a strong relationship with the Lord. I want to be known by the Lord. I want to have the Lord talk to me as he did to Abraham when he comes to visit me, and and we get done with our discussion, like, hey, man, dropped off a blessing today. Your wife's going to get pregnant. No, it sounds nuts. You're like 99 or 100, you know what I mean? And all these type of things, like, woo-hoo, good night tonight. But anyway, you know, and as he walks off, as he walks off, 
All of a sudden he says, whoa, I can't do this thing to my friend. I can't do this thing to my friend. And God turns back and says, you know, Lot's down there in Sodom, and I'm coming. And a friend will not hold something from a friend. And so the Lord turns and releases to Abraham. And Abraham has a discussion. He disagreed with God. Would you do it for 50 righteous? 45? 40? 25? 30? 10? 5 righteous? Would there be 5 righteous? Lot, his wife, and his two daughters. He, Lot went to his sons. He had sons. They weren't righteous. He lost them. The Lord loved him that much that he turned around and released it to him. And so, the identity of God as a compassionate, forgiving lover of his creation was exhibited on that day. And if we want to get close to him, so that we can hear those words, that he'll turn around even in the midst of a blessing and allow you to reach out to somebody else, petition for somebody up. Man, it's a good place to get us to next week. But anyway. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.